0: Hi there and welcome to a special edition, a European edition of the Gersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast It's made by fans for fans and where the content is free. Don't forget guys there's 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 more than pods uh, that's available for you on JerseyNet. we have the, the, the forums there's articles there's some good stuff on the JerseyNet website right now about the benfica game tomorrow night we have the social media and uh, there's a history archive and obviously we've got the podcast as well so lots of stuff uh online there for, for all Ranger supporters and it's all original independent and free content made by us for you uh, it's a special European pod. We've been doing sort of preview pods for the, the, the Europa League game since the, the, the campaign started, so we're just we're adding to that. Uh, so it's it's a sort of free pod, even although everything else you get is free. <laughs> uh, we would ask you, if it's the first time that you've listened, we would ask you to subscribe and, and share us on social media and let everyone out there know that we're here and what we're doing. Uh, as I've said to you every week now for a, a good number of months we've got over three and a half thousand subscribers so thanks to everyone who subscribed so far uh, and if you want to subscribe it would do us a, a, a great favor in, in helping us progress the, the pod and the website uh, so that would be great and put the word out there as i said on social media uh, we are live tonight it's the wednesday night before the game against benfica at ibrox tomorrow night but the pod will be available to download or stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow including acast itunes youtube cast stitcher spotify all the usual places where you get your podcasts guys uh, i've only got one guest tonight we've got our uh he's, he's like a, a european football uh, fashionado it's alex anderson how are you alex
1: i'm absolutely fine sir um pleased to be here tonight i'm not going to take it too personal that uh He's have decided to go back to like no screen. You know, there's uh, there's no video <laughs> right, with me on it. Um, so there was two uh, two screens required for you and and David. And I'm 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 not going to tell the listeners about the comments that we're going to put, saying that we need three screens just to get my face on. So that's you know that's fine. No, but, that uh, wasn't
0: that that wasn't for me. I, <laughs> I I wouldn't do such a thing. I I don't know who done that, but it certainly wasn't.
1: I, wait a Let me think about it. I think it was actually my wife, mate. I think that's. <laughs> how been, uh, anyway. uh,
0: <laughs> See, I was actually I was actually going to say if you fancied the the cameras on we wouldn't have had the the fancy sky sports news kind of look because I am not yet trained up on how to do that but uh, I was just a wee bit rushed I've been a wee bit busy today and I was kind of rushed getting the agenda up and then obviously as we're about to discuss the news broke about Diego Maradona so I was kind of I watched a wee bit of the news for a wee bit half hour which uh, probably I didn't have time to do but I I just felt I I needed to watch it for a wee bit so yeah a wee bit more rushed so I I forgot to say just before we came on here if you wanted the cameras on so that's that's my fault so sorry about that alex no
1: no uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't want you inundated with the <coughs> uh you know other ladies and the, some of the men on the turn as well uh calling if i was if i was on but too too uh, sexy It's of
0: we couldn't deal with the fan mail to be fair you exactly. yeah. couldn't deal with it so yeah <laughs> I, I mean i suppose before we go into the the, the the big game tomorrow night and everything that, that's revolving around that i suppose we have to to talk about the news that broke today about Diego Maradona. Now, I, I, I don't know your exact age, Alex, but I know you're roughly of the same sort of generation as myself. And I mean, I, I, I can't say that as a person, it was it was someone that you would find likable, you know, some of the stuff that he was involved in, you you know, did kind of think, you know, I don't really like that guy much to be honest with you, but as a footballer, eh, you know, the, 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 for me, the summer of 86 was all about Maradona, I was 13 in 86. Yeah. Now I can remember a wee bit of 1982. I can remember a, a small part of 82. I was still quite young in 82, but 82 was probably the first World Cup. Where I, I took a wee bit of an interest. 86 was the one where I was like, boom, I'm in, I'm watching this. And I, I put something out on, on Twitter earlier on there today. I, I, to me, his death today is—it's it's, not—it's not just about the, the footballer that's dying. It's about how football was in those days. It feels like it's dying. I've just been to a couple of mates. You know, today, like the youngsters, like my son, you know, he's fifteen, right? So if he wants to watch Lion- Lionel Messi or Ronaldo or whoever, he can watch every single game that they play in. You know, and. Yeah, whether it be club or country, you know, back in the 80s, you know, your Maradonas and all that they only came around once every four years, and sometimes you didn't know them. You know, sometimes these these superstars just sort of who's this guy, you know what I mean? Yep. I, I remember it being a bit like that in '88, you know what I mean, but in the, the European Championships, like who's this guy? I've never heard of him before. Uh, that's gone, you know, there's, there's nothing like that now because we've all got access to so many leagues across the world and t- the, the TV and stuff like that. I mean, we all knew who Maradona was in, in 86, but he still really, he, I mean, he made that World Cup his own and he, he sort of dragged a, a fairly average Argentina side and and, and sort of, kicked him into being world, camp- world champions. of so, you know, and, and there's the debate that rages on with people from different generations about May- Messi and Maradona and all that kind of thing. But for me, Maradona will always have a sort of special place in my heart, just for that summer. You know, I mean, he never quite replicated it again in 1990. He was well on the slide by 94 and the drugs were kicking in by then. Yeah. But 86, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to put it into words if you weren't there.
1: It's. Um, I think you're, you're absolutely right in what you're saying that it's it's about the the age that we grew up in. I'm a few years older than yourself, mate. I'm I'm uh, in my early fifties. Um, and I, you're absolutely spot on with Maradona's death for guys of work kind of age group is 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 also about a death of a part of our childhood. You know, a part of our teenage years for me as well. In my early twenties. Um, but. I think, and you're quite right. You're saying a lot of the stuff he's done, um, especially maybe his involvement with, uh, you know, the Camorra and what have you in Naples and all the things that that leads to. Uh, it's you know, not not the kind of stuff you want to be uh, advocating in any way, shape or form. But uh, this guy, the fact that we didn't have the television coverage of everything uh, in Europe and beyond the way we do now, and we still knew about him. I mean, I, my first World Cup was 1978. Um, which Diego was a bit bitter about not being picked for that squad as well in latter years. He was bitter about a lot of things in latter years. Um, but my dad, one of the many reasons I've got to be bitter, uh, <laughs> we've all got to be family rows. But the biggest one for me is uh, my dad took me to my first Scotland game in uh, 1980. And it was a 0 0 with Portugal mm-hmm. um, at Hamden, and But the summer before that, and the year before that in 79, um, him and his, his mate Michael, I mean, my dad would only be 30 at the time so he's wanting a, he's wanting a day away for the Waynes. you know we're from Ayrshire so it's a, it's a wee journey And him and his mate are just going up to Hamden uh, to watch a Scotland game uh, get a few drinks in before and after doesn't like to be telling the, the kids about but um, I'll never forgive him for not taking me that day because that's the day Maradona scored his his first goal uh, for Argentina um, and my dad, my dad also to make things worse I'm the one in the family that goes on and on about football as you probably know um my dad's kind of taciturn he doesn't really talk about games he went to he's not really interested in reliving stuff like that but this is the one game he goes on and on about the Argentina team that won the 78 world cup plus maradona um he gives it the whole kind of scene setting and stuff and all that as well we know like they're on the old celtic end at the time the old east terrace and, and there was a like 60 odd thousand there was a bit of space in the old east terrace and, and he's sitting there with his mate michael getting sunburnt and just watching the best football he says he's ever seen and uh, it was up that end that that Maradona scored his first goal for Argentina, and I, uh, I, as you say, the the influence on all our lives um, that this guy had. He's led Boca Juniors, Barcelona, and Napoli, who are three basically three countries. I went to a B game in uh, nineteen ninety nine. It was uh, um, sorry, Atalanta against the uh, Hellas Hellas Verona, and the insult that they were thrown at each other was Napoli Tani. Calling somebody a Neapolitan was the worst insult you could you could throw at somebody at the football you know if you're in the north of Italy or anywhere above really Calabria and it's dealt with in that documentary the famous documentary from last year about Maradona but that's that's it meant to the people in Naples they would never won anything they're getting they could get like an 80,000 crowd but they'd never won Serie A and he brings them two Serie A titles he brings them uh, they're only ever a European trophy and you're talking about, you know, he, he seemed to make that World Cup of '86. He's only literally made it his own, mate. He won that World Cup as as close as you can possibly get in association football to winning a World Cup on your own. That's what we witnessed that summer. And uh, for me, Leo Messi is getting there. He is. He is the only guy uh, for me that can beat Maradona, and it's only Maradona that he has to beat because, you know, as they say in the as they say in the song, uh, Maradona, mas Grande Capelli. He's just the quite simply the greatest player I have ever seen and Me- Messi was never kicked the way Maradona was kicked. Football was a different sport then and you watched as part of your childhood. It saw terraces, it saw um, photographers running onto the pitch, you'll see it in the footage over the next few days. But And amongst all that, there's a guy who, a, a wee short guy, a mixed race from Argentina, which is a very, very snobby country. Um, who's had a hard life and has basically led Argentina itself and three, four other nations. I mean, his downtime was at Seville and New old boys, which the pressure for these supports, it's it's like four or five of the biggest supports, most pressurized supports in the world. And he's come for nothing and given all these people exactly what they want. So the wee man uh, has suffered, that's why he's away at 60 years old, because of the good time he had. But he was surrounded by people who just wanted from him. And I just hope that he did have a good time in the way because he gave all of us a, a cracking time watching him.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's hard to disagree, really, Alex, it's, it's that whole time. And, you know, what he done with Napoli, I think, I, I, I think if he took Messi out of Barcelona and put him in Napoli, it's hard to see him having the same impact, you know what I mean? And it, it's hard to compare, but, you know, I, I, I think one thing that, that Messi has gone for him, if you're, if you're going between... You know the two of them—a direct competition between the two—is you know Messi had a, a a team in Barcelona that was set up all around him, but we you know you and and uh, Javi's and Iniesta's and all these—it was all set up we world-class players to let Messi play. Whereas with Maradona, you kind of felt it was just a case that every team he was in was like, just get to him. (laughs) Something will happen, you know what I mean? Uh, So it's difficult to compare, but I I think because of the era that I come from, I think I'll I'll always sort of vote with Maradona. And yeah, a really sad day today. It it does feel like an end. Obviously, it's an end of a chapter in, in terms of his life. But in terms of football as well and, and how we used to view it and, and, and take it in and all that kind of thing. It felt a wee bit more innocent back then and yeah, really, really sad. But anyway, we'll, we'll move on to, to tomorrow night, a uh, happier occasion, obviously. Alex, uh, Benfica coming to Ibrox uh, for the first time on a competitive basis. So really looking forward to that. The only really sort of downside to it is that we can't be there. And I know, I know you have gutted at that, and I must admit that this is all the fixtures this season. This is the one I'm kind of like. That would have been a great one to be at, as as I suppose. It's match day four in Group D. We can secure a place in the uh, the last round of 32 if we win tomorrow night. Uh, some some wee stats here uh, regarding Rangers and Portuguese opposition. Uh, we're unbeaten at Ibrox uh, against Portuguese clubs in European competition. Uh, we've won seven and drawn two. Uh, we we nearly beat Benfica uh, and, and shattered their sort of run, uh, their home run. Uh, so we stopped our winning run, but we 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 couldn't beat them uh, on match day three there interesting start about Benfica in Scotland. They've only won one of their five UEFA Cup matches in Scotland, and that was against Hearts in 1961. Uh, the other four of the five have all been against Celtic, uh, and they've been beat three times in those four and got a 0-0 draw uh, in 2012-13. So Benfica don't have a great record in Scotland, so, and we have a good record against Portuguese clubs at Ibrox. So that is, straight away, that's, that's something positive for us there, Alex.
1: Absolutely, aye, yeah, um, and I'm just getting scared at how positive I'm, I'm getting about it, mate. Um, yeah, the stats all say this should favour us, and I mean, talking about being a bit older, you know, you'll remember back to beating Boavista in the mid-80s under Sunis, and, you know, uh, it was Maritimo in penalties, you know, uh, I think it was Alec McLeish, you know, um, and also, Big Ek, he did result against Porto in the, the Champions League before Stevie got a result against them last season, so... And you're absolutely right what you're saying. Um It used to really pain me, you know, we're talking about nobody can get to the game tomorrow. It's like, it's almost like it's, it's destined to happen. I used to look at Benfica, you know, it's one of the most romantic kind of grand dames of European football. Please, I want to see these guys at Ibrox one day. Um, And then the one time we did get to, we did get them. Um, we're not allowed in in the ground because they always seem to get Celtic. Um, Because we, we would get Sporting Club, you know, we, we got them. Uh, yeah,
0: but no, I mean, we've had Sporting and, and Porto a few times, but Benfica I, just always seemed to pass us by.
1: And it's coming, it's coming up that you know, and, and it was always a, it was kind of epic games between Celtic and Benfica, you know, and it was always like epics between us and uh, Sporting, you know. Uh, but I, I just, I, I absolutely gutted uh, that we're not going to get to see them. I was telling you, um, I went down to see them at Anfield 2010. I've mentioned this a few times. Um, and one Stephen Gerrard uh, kind of ran the show that night. He uh, didn't score, but Liverpool beat them four-one. But it was just—I I just got to the point where I had to see Benfica. I've got a thing about scoring now for the European finalists about seeing all the teams that have reached the European finals. And Benfica was like the kind of biggest name at that point that I'd never seen in the flesh. And I just get sick of waiting to see them come to the Ibrox. <laughs> um, and here you, know, you, quick,
0: know, you know, fancy going to Celtic Park to watch them? I couldn't quite bring myself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that, Alex?
1: Why oh, is that? <laughs> there, should, there, there should be a, a thing that I'm allowed to go to Celtic Park. I'm, I'll, I'll give Celtic money as long as I'm allowed to shout abuse at them, and it wouldn't have been doing well that night. So. <laughs> you, have no. been, you, could, you could have got a ticket for the Benfica, Andy. No. I probably could have, I probably could. <laughs> um, I got into a row the other day, actually. There was an Irish fellow on Twitter caught me. I've always felt, one of the things, one of the kind of magical things about Benfica is, I think the strip looks, it, you know, it is red. they play in red, but it looks kind of orangey. To me and this guy's gone no Alec, that's you seeing it through the that <laughs> That's you getting super bigoted. It's got to be orange if you like it, you know, just, just something about the Their reds are kind of different kind of red. It seems kind of lighter, you know, but uh, yeah, this is, I mean, Real Madrid are the European Cup. You know, the, the legacy that we're living off just you now, that the UEFA and other broadcasters and advertisers have been exploiting for years. Um, I mean, Rangers were part of that, Campbell Ogilvy, Champions League. The European Cup finals that I grew up watching, you'll be the same, mate, which is 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, they were awful. And yeah. it, it, we were, they were living off the memories basically created by Real Madrid winning the first five European Cups, 50s up to 1960. And then it was Benfica. You know, we, we, they're the second great dynasty. A European football. We get the Celtic fans telling us they the, the first British team to win the European Cup, first Northern European team to win the European Cup. They're absolutely right. Benfica were just the second club, full stop, to be champions of yeah. Europe. Second club to get to to, to retain it. Second club to, to get to three straight finals. Only six clubs have been to uh, three straight finals of the European Cup Champions League. Um, they're absolutely a magical club. Porto have overtaken them. They, they've won twice as many trophies, but um, the thing we, we reported to is they've only played in five finals. Benfica, there's a there's a mythical curse uh, placed yeah, on Benfica, aye, aye. you know as well all know about. But um, they've played in ten European finals. You know, this a magical historic club. Um, and I just want, I want them. I want that scalp uh, for Rangers. As I was saying, we we're talking after the three each game on the pod that, that, that day. Um, I think that the players deserve it and the fans deserve it. And uh, I think there's there's something about Rangers just now, and I think Benfica have just come. to Ibrox. I'm hoping it's at the wrong time for them and it's exactly the right time for us.
0: There's another wee interesting stat. Uh, you know, Benfica have never scored a goal in Glasgow. Certainly not competitively. They, they, as, a, as we're about to discuss, they came over in '65 to play Rangers in a, in a challenge game, and they scored that night. But they've never they've never scored a competitive goal in Glasgow. So that I mean that's something that. that gives us a wee bit of sort of hope as well, that, you know, that they don't travel well, especially when it comes to Glasgow. And on that challenge match, we're talking about it today on the WhatsApp. It was 1965, uh, Rangers 3, Benfica 1, uh, George McLean and, and, and Jim Forrest. Forrest got two goals that night. But one of the things that committed, it's an odd thing, was the friendship between Willie Henderson and Eusebio. Uh, and, you know, the, after the game, they went out and, and had a few drinks, a bit like... We were talking earlier on today about Jim Baxter and uh, what was his name at Real Madrid? Oh, Puskas, aye. Puskas, I mean, they, they were out in Drumchapel and a, a, a hoose party in Drumchapel. There was, there was a similar thing with Willie Henderson and Eusebio. You know, after this game at Ibrox, they went out for uh, a night out in Glasgow. I think again in 1971, uh, it was over with Portugal playing against Scotland. And I think it was uh, Henderson's last cap for Scotland. Uh, and Day Two and Billy Bremner went out in the town in Glasgow that night, and it, it, it resulted in this sort of 40, 50 year friendship between uh, Willie Henderson and Eusebio. So there is a sort of a, a wee bit of a connection between us and Benfica in that way.
1: I, I, I hadn't actually, um, I, I didn't know about that until you, until you mentioned it the day. I see I, I, I knew about the um, Jim Baxter, famously taking out uh, Puskis, who, you know, the galloping major, the wee. We pood stomach on him because he he liked his sausages and he liked his drink and that's what Baxter was saying. <laughs> you know, um, he used to he, he just popped him at the end of the game and he couldn't really speak much English, but he could he just said to him was it whiskey whiskey jiggy whiskey, jiggy
0: whiskey.
1: Aye, aye. Aye, that's so, right. He just fired him up. He had a wee house party in drum trap uh, Puskis, I think he scored the only goal of the game at Ibrox that night. And he, he I think uh,
0: he scored somewhere else
1: yeah, as well yes. actually. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> it was, it was just sausages result.
0: and whiskey lights. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that wasn't his last result of the night. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, hi. Yeah, I think that must be a thing because that's the, the thing for Benfica is as I was saying they've kind of set the legacy in the European Cup. They were the last team today, the really exciting finals um, until until basically Stevie G and Istanbul. That was the, the last. There was a lot of good exhibitions. AC Milan, you know, winning a couple four nil smashing to watch. Everybody remembers the Real Madrid beating ninth right Frankfurt seven three. Um, They were all kind of one-sided exhibitions, but the actually truly exciting European Cup Finals were the two times that um, Benfica won it, and one of the games it was a hat-trick for Puskas, that's one of the kind of pub quiz questions, who scored a hat-trick in the European Cup final and ended up in the losing team? Well, it was Puskas um, against Benfica, for Real Madrid, against Benfica in Amsterdam in 1962. And uh, Eusebio scored two for Benfica, who won who won the game 5-3. So it's as if the Rangers team was determined to get everybody who played in that game and scored and get them absolutely wrecked. <laughs>
0: uh, with regards to the game tomorrow, Alex, the... Stephen Gerrard had his press conference today. Now, there's a couple of injuries. Ryan Jack is possibly out. I think they're going to leave it till as late as possible. Zungu is out. Uh, he's picked up a, a knee injury on international duty. Other than that, it looks like we've got a fairly clean bill of health. So, in terms of in, in terms of the, the starting 11, a strong sort of squad to pick from, uh, and all looking positive in that area.
1: Aye, looking really positive I mate. Mean, I, I, I was a bit, um, I mean, Zungu you know, he looked great in his wee cameo against the uh, Hamot but you're probably thinking it's, it's still a bit too early for him at this point. You wait to see him get a few a few kind of less pressurey games under his belt with Rangers before you put him into this, anyway. So that's I don't think it's a massive loss, and you're wondering if Stevie G might have wanted to go with the same three uh, in midfield as he did. Oh, well, as far as you can call it, a midfield with the way we play. Um, you know, Jack Kamara, uh, and oh my God, Steve Davis. <laughs> um if he's wet if he's what to he do the same thing as he did in Lisbon, if he's what to do that tomorrow night, but I, I doubt he would anyway. I think he's gonna he's gonna probably be more aggressive tomorrow night anyway. So we've been perming, you know, kind of any two from that three in the midfield and and putting Scott Arfield in there and with other European games. Um and we've been more than good uh, in those games. I think about Galatasaray, I think about Standard Leisure way. It's worked really well. Um, I think last uh, last season I would have been more upset um I thought, I, I thought I'm missing Ryan Jack for this game because I think uh, Jack and Davis, they were weak in a boiler room, if you like. They they, they get it going away from home. I remember the game in Porto uh, last season and even in Lisbon in the, in, in the first game this season at uh, Stadium Alight when we're under pressure in the first kind of, 10 minutes or so they, they they got it going with a we the wee, wee one twos a wee bit interpassing that's what that's when reinders start to motor especially away from home in europe when davis and jack get together but he's not out it yet jack we, we don't know for sure if he's if he's if he's definitely maybe it's a bit of mind games for Stevie but I'm um, um, there's, there's just nothing to be worried about. I think the only thing to be worried about uh, is is overconfidence and I think that's amongst the fans who are not going to be there. I don't think the players uh, are in any way overconfident I think they are unbelievably focused I think what happened in Portugal is why we leathered Hamilton Aki's eight nothing as opposed to maybe four or five. And I think it's uh, a big part to play on what happened uh, on Sunday against Aberdeen as well. There's uh I, I think it's <laughs> they've been probably given a bollocking or whatever, or they just know they just know amongst themselves that they just switched off. They just switched off in Lisbon. We don't make we we're you know, we we're we were happy to write that off after everything we've been through. I mean, we were all taking a point. Uh, before the game, they, the players got a free pass for that game, you know, but I think within themselves, they're absolutely raging at how it went there, and I think they're determined um, to write that, and uh, I'm, I'm quite interested about what's going to happen tomorrow night, because I, I, I think we've got a bit of a, you know, <laughs> we've got a bit of a score to settle, as far as the players are concerned, with Benfica.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, that's an interesting point, actually, that's one that's something I hadn't considered, that the Hamlet result. You know came in the back, maybe a bit of anger and frustration at how that, that, that night in Lisbon finished. Uh, that's an interesting point. I mean, the, the squad train today, you know, we beat Aberdeen on, on Sunday there quite comprehensively, and that seems to be something that's happening a lot. It's a feature of this season, you know, everything seems to be going well. So, we are going into this game in a sort of very confident mood, but as you say, you don't want to be overly confident, but I mean. They can learn from the mistakes in Lisbon. You know, we conceded early, which was frustrating. You know, you've not even had time to set up, and it was it was it was really individual mistakes. You know, Holander got himself in a mess for a couple of the goals. Uh, Scott Arfield, I, I, for a player of his sort of experience, I, I, I honestly don't know what he was thinking. We try to play that ball through in the relas in the sort of dying seconds of injury time. You know, to me, you just keep the ball. But you know, players are players. They're human beings, and you know the the they can make mistakes like anybody else, like you and me. Uh, you know, Otamendi getting sent off. I think that helped on the night because I think maybe up until that point it was looking a wee bit touch and go. But there was surely enough in the, on the night and and since then the, the performances since then and our performances in Europe overall to give us belief that we can go out there tomorrow night and get a
1: result. Absolutely, mate. I, I think I think it's um, like I said, we've, we've been through so much as a support and as a club. Um, no just, I'm not just talking about since 2012. I'm actually talking about in Europe in general. Some of the stuff, some of the stuff we've watched over the years. You know, looking like we're going to do the business and then kind of throwing it away and what have you. Um, working of, uh, there's a lot of talk of SCART issue these days, but we'd, we'd SCART issue long before 2012 when it came to when it came to European football. So we're kind of in uncharted territory with the consistency of this general team. Um, you know, since since day one, you know he's been he's been working absolute miracles. And that is that is really all it's about tomorrow night. That, that's my real, my only doubt is the fact that it's it's all going so well because there's nothing about this team that's, that's telling us um, they're about to chuck it against anybody. Um, they they can't be dismissed. They are up, they're, they're chock full of cracking players. Um, even if they have got a few missing, but I like the fact there's been a three week break. I think that's actually crucial. Um, because the way we ended that game, it actually reminded us of how Braga must have felt, you know, back in February when, when we did them last season's uh, Europa League. That way, the, between the the first leg and the second leg, they must have been wondering, do we, do we, can I go with the mindset that we had that we won the first sixty minutes easy? You no, know, Braga coasted that first hour at Ibrox, scored two cracking goals, but like they could have scored a few more, and then they're just ambushed, and. Are they, I, I think it was only six days, only six day turnaround between those two games. And I, I think, although we were absolutely fantastic in Braga, I think a lot of that was because Braga didn't know where to stick or twist. They didn't know what Rangers they were going to get. They didn't know what Braga they were they should be. You know, should they give us more respect for the last 20 minutes of that game at Ibrox or should they just try and stick with the, the 60 minutes for the were, were romping it? And I think Rangers could have suffered a bit from that um, after what happened in Lisbon. Because I'm I'm I was on here just like practically in tears um, after that game because of how well we played. And I know it was against uh, against ten men, but we, we caused, you know, it was that that fantastic ball for Stevie Davis and a fantastic run for Ryan Kent that caused Otter Mendy to get sent off. You no, know, he didn't need any choice really. You know, we made that happen and then we just didn't we didn't finish the chances. Um Scott Arfield bad ball through, as you say, for the for the, for the last for the, for the equalizer. Uh, from Benfica, but also, you know, maybe kind of switched off a bit. You know, for the, the second goal, he's he's fouled the guy and he's turned away from the ball. But the whole midfield, you know, Kamara, Davis, uh, Jack, who'd been integral to the way we'd played, to, to the fact that we were romping that game, they all turned their back on the ball or walked away for it or doddled towards it. They just, everybody kind of switched off. Um, so I don't know if Rangers would be thinking to themselves tomorrow night. If, if it was just like a week between the games as it as had been the first part of the group they'd be thinking are we are we are we a bad team you know are Benfica better than we thought is it our fault you know what do we do? and I think that's what you've seen in that Hamilton game and the Aberdeen game it's like no we're a good team we just switched off and we are never switching off again and I think it's actually Benfica that they want to take that out on you know and um, I mean don't get me wrong uh, Jorge Jesus their, their manager you know he looks like uh, you know a an old member, of white snake. You know, he's he's just kind of kind of let the hair go. You know, he kind of he kind of accepts it. He's in his mid sixties, um, but he's a super experienced manager. He won the he won the Copa Libertadores with Flamenco just last year. I Remember watching the final? It was on BBC. Um, he's got them to two UEFA Cup finals, sorry, two Europa League finals in the last decade. Um, this guy, he knows what he's doing. he will have assessed Rangers, but Benfica are, I mean, and they, they beat a third division team. In the cup at the weekend there. But uh, the but Braga talking of Braga Braga beat them three two at the stadium of light in the league game after the you know after the they, they yeah. played us. So that was that and Boa Vista before they played us beat them three nothing uh, in Porto. So that's three consecutive meet, the last three consecutive meaningful games they would three pit past them. So I think they're now in a situation they don't know whether to stick or twist. Um and I think the last thing they want to meet is a is a super focused Rangers.
0: Well, I mean, they're, they're not really in the best of form. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned there the, the, the sort of third division side, but it was only one nil. Uh, although they did they rested a few players uh, at the weekend. They're currently sitting third, they're four points behind uh, Sporting and Lisbon, and and sitting I think it's goal difference except it's in between uh, between uh, Benfica and Braga. They've also got issues with players. You know, uh, another player has tested positive for COVID-19. That's the fifth member uh, of the squad. Uh, Two that have recovered from the virus uh, are are, are sort of coming back, but one of them is injured. Uh, Another two are having to self-isolate, and there's three or four other players who are currently injured. So you're you're getting a lot of talk now uh, that we're going to be facing Benfica's kids and all that kind of thing, which could... You know, talking about the, the feeling of overconfidence, you know, it could lead Rangers in a bit of a cul-de-sac and, and into a sort of a, a position of false security and then maybe end up in the, the receiving end of a sucker punch, but you kind of get the feeling eh, from this Rangers team at the moment, Alex, that, that that's not what's going to happen, you know, that, that they are focused, that they are well drilled, that they, they know their jobs have been told by by Stephen Gerrard and his coaching staff. Exactly what they need to do, and they're all committed to, to, to doing that to the letter. Uh, so even although you know there are these issues with Benfica, and, and, it, and it, it could be a you know a bit of a banana skin for us, you get the feeling that we're not going into this overconfident. I think what you say there is right. I think we're going into this with a feeling that we've got a score to settle, and we want to do a professional job and do that. And also the the carrot there is if we do win the game. And we qualify. It gives Stephen Gerrard two free passes and allows them to manage that squad in a better way and have players ready for other games domestically that are more importantly.
1: Aye, absolutely. I, I I don't. I I mean, the thing with Rangers just now. You look at the post-match interviews. Stevie G on uh, Sunday there. Um, the the, the fella from uh, Sky Sports News was actually asking him. <laughs> he asked him. You know, you you've been involved in you know, kind of title races before. So, you know, how do you communicate that to the players? How you know, can you help the players with that, you know? um, And Stevie G just kind of cut the face off the guy. This is not, oh, I haven't been involved in that. And the fella was, it was, Stevie G was actually out of order. You know, the fella was just meaning that you know, you've been involved in title races, but Gerard is not having it. He is just shutting down any talk of even being in a title race, even anywhere near the title, as game by game, the concentration. In the interview, interview with Kamar Roof, um, I mean, he's trying to answer the questions before the fellow had finished answering them. Uh, Alfie coming off the park in the Huff because he's no scored, despite the fact he was central to all four goals. You know, it, they are focused beyond belief. And I think what's happened with the, the squad, building up the squad, uh, obviously it just generally increases the quality of talent we've got at our disposal. But I think Rangers are only thinking about the opposition now. They're in that position, they're in that position where it's themselves. It's I don't I don't mean that in the kind of we can only beat ourselves. I mean that in that the players are scared of losing the position. They're scared, but they're also scared of letting in their teammates. And the focus is, it's all coming from the manager. You were talking about that that podcast. I can't remember the name of the podcast, mate. Um, it was like a kind of it's kind of advertisement heavy thing, but it was it was about management. You know, or being a being a winner or whatever. And Steve, I think or, it was a top
0: level podcast. It. It's called yeah.
1: So I gave that a listen. My God, I was practically I was practically running up to books to you know bust through the dressing room door to get on the park and you know give them blood you know it, it was unbelievable the focus and I think that's I think that's what's happening it's the, the players have got the stamp uh, of Gerard. the whole club has got that stamp you know and by the way I mean uh, Ross Wilson I know it's Stephen Gerrard's involved in this as well obviously heavily involved but you could have been taking a wee lap on around the park and on Sunday there as well because you've got you know Ross McCrory is out He's he's making Aberdeen what they are this season so that he can take points off Celtic at Doddry. But then he's getting taken out of the team because he's on loan from us when he comes to when they come to play Rangers. And you've got Jamie Murphy the day before doing the damage for Hibbs to take points off Celtic at Easter Road. I mean, it's not just the depth of the squad and the attitude, it's just like the whole club. I know we've got the financial figures weren't the best, but as just what as you guys were saying on Sunday's pod. You're, you're in a position where you sell Alfredo Morellas, you sell Barisic, you sell Ryan Kent. That's that's done. That's that's you know, the books are clear. Um we're looking fantastic. And I think it's it's bleeding, it's more a case of players are just wanting to make sure the Rangers players are wanting to make sure they're part of this team, they're part of this club just now. Um they're fighting for their places all the time, and the intensity does not let up. Uh, and I think it's just, it's it's part of you know just the way we're going just now. It's and it's the the Gerrard's, you know the, the the Gerard way, the Gerard mo, you know, and it's the, the Gerard intensity, and that that man just wants to win a league title, and it's us he's going to do it with. There's a there's a tweet going about just now, or a, I saw it on Twitter anyway. A clip of uh, all Gerard's Champions League goals for Liverpool, and you see him scoring. I mean, apart from the quality of the goals themselves, um, you see him scoring against Inter, against Milan, against Real Madrid. You know, against. <laughs> everybody in europe and you're thinking this is why this guy feels nobody because he's beat everybody when it comes to europe but it's uh the league title he just he, he wants it he wants it like a, like an addict wants his drugs you know <laughs> uh, and i'm um, uh it's get i love the feeling i love that feeling when the club kind of they get away from you in the best possible way it's like they don't i don't, I don't mean they don't need the supporters but it's like you're almost in a position where it's, it, at times we felt we need to tell Rangers players what it's about to play for Rangers. You know, we need to G them up, we need to get them going. There's times just now when I see these interviews, I see Hadji and Ryan Kent beating themselves up in the park. There's times just now I feel like out there and going, No, boys, you're doing fine. This is, this is
0: great. Stop being <laughs> be so I, hard on
1: yourself. Aye.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I've, I've actually i've got a plan. Like me and my boy, when we, we go in the European games, we tend to go for something deep beforehand, uh, burger and chips and all that kind of thing. Uh, we normally go to a Hard Rock Cafe, you know, just get burger and chips. I get a pint, he gets a juice. So we can obviously we kind of do that. So I'm going to I'm going to do some homemade burger and chips tomorrow night. And we're going to try and make a wee night of it and, and try and you know make it a bit more special. Uh, so really fault it. I, I, Obviously, I'm assuming you'll be watching it at home, Alex. And and do you think we'll do it?
1: No, I mean, I'll, I'll be, I'll be um, tier four busting to come through and get myself a burger at your place. <laughs> you know? don't don't tell me you're making burgers, mate. I'll be at your front door. <laughs> Nicola Sturgeon try to get me back. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'll just be doing my usual of trying to work myself into a, a, a frenzy of worry um, because that's that's the way I cope with these games. I like to try and get to the disappointment in my head before it might arrive in the park. To protect myself, but but this season you can't even get a chance to worry about the Rangers. It's a bit like uh, this season's been a bit like the, like a kind of long version of the start to that game at Rugby Park when we last when we won the league in two thousand eleven. You know, it's before you've got a chance to worry. Uh, they've done the business and it's it's on to the next game. But
0: I, I think it feels a wee bit like 92, 93 to me. That's the last time I felt so confident going into every game. Uh, I you know I'm not I'm not saying we're the best team in Europe or the best team in the world or anything like that, but. Uh, I fancy us every game. I really do. I mean, every game we play now under Stephen Jenner, I'm like, we can win this, you know what I mean? And so you go into it with a, it's probably the most I've felt to be a Rangers supporter in a long, long time. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Really, really looking forward to it. And hopefully we can get a result. And then that's us, we can put Europe to one side until when does it kick off again? Sort of February, March time. Yes. And, And focus on things domestically. Uh, Anyway, Alex kind of conscious of time, so I think we'll wrap things up there. So a big thanks to Alex for his contribution there tonight. Brilliant stuff again from him. Uh, You can tell he loves his European football. He's he's mad for the European football. Uh, uh, We'll have the Sunday night show. We won't have a Friday night show tomorrow, we we don't think. You know too much content in the week and all that kind of thing so no friday night show tomorrow we we, we, we premiered that last week and it seems to have gone down pretty well uh, but we won't have one tomorrow but uh, ross is back on sunday i believe it's ross that's hosting on sunday and obviously i'll be looking at uh, the game tomorrow night and rangers game at uh, falkirk on sunday in the meantime get yourself on to Jersnet at www dot uk. There's lots of stuff. I'm struggling to get out there. There's lots of stuff on there now, including a breakdown of the annual reporting accounts. is a good thing on that. Have a wee look at that. I've done a wee blog as well out there, guys. If you just want to give that a wee check out about the Rangers played Ajax in 1973. It was part of the centenary celebrations, uh, but it also gave birth to the, the European Super Cup. Uh, so if perchance you want to read that, please do. Uh, until Sunday and in the meantime, guys, as as I say at this sort of strange time, you know, stay safe, look after one another. Uh, until the next time, bye for now.